Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon from lead pastor Jamie Miller. If you would, open your Bibles to Philippians chapter 4. We are wrapping up a series that's been really fun to preach on Philippians called Overflowing, and if I could get everyone to stand, we've been reading each chapter per week as we go, and so today we're reading Philippians chapter 4. I'll finish up and say, this is the Word of God, and you say, thanks be to God, amen. Therefore, my brothers, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, this is how you should stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. I plead with you, Odia, and I plead with Syntyche to agree with each other in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, loyal yoke fellow, help these women who have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of the fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer And petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you've renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned but had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through Him who gives me strength. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid again and again when I was in need. Not that I am looking for a gift, but I am looking for what may be credited to your account. I have received full payment and even more. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father, be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet all the saints in Christ Jesus. The brothers uh, who are here with me send greetings. And all the saints send greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar's household. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. This is the Word of God. All right, you guys have a seat. Awesome. It's good to read the Word of God together. And it's good to meditate on this incredible letter of Paul to the Philippians. It's really encouraging. And so it's been the series that we've called Overflowing. And, uh, you know, 
just as a quick review, in the first week we talked about how God's overflowing love is expressed in joy, and that leads to unity in the church. We talked in the second week about how God's overflowing love is expressed in humility, and that also leads to unity in the church. Last week we talked about how God's overflowing love uh, is results in shared purpose together, which also helps us with our unity. And so in all of these things, Paul, each chapter we've looked at, and he's going to do it again here in the fourth chapter as well, but in each one of these chapters, Paul has reframed what's going on in a way that's positive and helps him to communicate something of need to the, uh, to the Philippians. So in the first chapter, the reframe is he's in prison, but, God's, but Jesus is being shared more. In the second chapter, he's being humiliated just by being in prison, but that humility, that points to the humil- humility of Jesus Christ. In the third chapter, he's like, hey, we're getting in our flesh. You're tempted to be in your flesh. You're t- tempted to go tribal like we talked about last week. But the reframe is, wait, you're citizens of heaven. You can walk in unity and life together. And this week, we're going to take it a step further and talk about overflowing peace. Now, anybody need to hear about peace? Why is that? Why do we need so much input about peace? <laughs> because we need it, right? We get Anybody get uptight about anything this last week? See, that's like a third of us. Anybody want to take another swing at it? <laughs> Just anxious about anything, right? And so we need it. Anxiety is why we need peace. Anxiety. So think about it. Let's think about a definition. What's a good definition of anxiety, right? Something about the future that we don't know, and so we start fretting, right? Yancey and I came up with a great definition this past week we were interacting about this some anxiety is the painful fear of pain (laughs) think about it it's the painful fear of pain that comes with loss it's the fear that we have about the future it's the fear that we have about others it's the fear that we have about our group or some other group or or Whatever's going on in politics and the different changing things that happen there from week to week, it's all of these things just kind of come down on us. What do we get anxious about? Let's get practical here. I need some communication from you. What do we get anxious about? Money. 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 Right up at the top of the list. Finances. What else? Time. Relationships. Kids. Anybody? Not over here. But anybody get anxious about kids sometimes? Right, or parents, or, or situations, you know, what, jobs, do we say jobs? You got a job, you know, there's a bunch of people there, and sometimes that can create unknowns about the future, or somebody's being cranky, and then it just we suddenly find ourselves anxious. And when we get anxious, sometimes that even leads to anger in our hearts, right? So uh, John Pinkerton shared this with me this week little cartoon, and you can go ahead and play. Okay, here we go. Are you coming to bed? I can't. This is important. What? Someone is wrong on the internet. <laughs> and when we get anxious, like it's like, uh, I got to fix it. You know, I, I got to fix the situation. Graydon was sharing some stats with me about teenagers. 
And, and uh, from a, a survey that found out that 68% of teenagers feel overwhelmed every single week of the year. So that's like seven out of 10 teenagers are feeling overwhelmed about stuff that's going on in life. So when, when we're talking about being stressed out, you know, that's, that's what anxiety is. It's being stressed and it has all kinds of implications for the way we relate to others, our health, our perspective in life. NBC did a study and I, I got a hold of this past week. It just came out. It said that 52% of Americans are more angry this year than they were last year. So just, I just, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I, how do you, I'm more angry this year. I guess they did the survey. Are you more angry this year than last year? Yes. <laughs> yes, I am. You know, it's just kind of crazy. And so here's what happens when we're anxious, when we're angry, you know, we, we kick into, you ever heard this phrase, fight or flight mode, fight or flight. It's a real deal. It really is a real deal. And what happens is your, your amygdala, and again, I don't know where the amygdala is. We're going to, anybody, Drew, it's the brain. Okay. It's up here. The amygdala is up here and it constricts when we feel anxious or anger and we literally lose our capacity to think clearly. And that's why we're just, I got to get out of here or I'm going to just bow up and try to fix this, you know, in anger. So that's what's going on. And you think about all of that and you go, wow, that's a lot. Anxiety is a lot, but wait, there's more. There really is more because anytime we're experiencing anxiety, it's not just by ourselves. We live in systems, all of us. You got the family system. You've got your work system, the people that you work with. You've got your life group. You've got, what else? You've got church life in general. All of these are systems. And so if uh, there's literally a deal called uh, systems theory and family counseling. And so what they found out is that if somebody is anxious in a system, it, because we're one, it affects the whole system. So you, you can't just, you know, if, if, if somebody's anxious, then if we're really one, then it's going to affect all of us. Now, the good news is that uh, instead of this is what they do it in counseling, it's not just let's say the, the, the identified problem is a 16-year-old kid in the family who's going through a hard time, and it's not just focus all the attention on the 16-year-old. Instead, the mature members of the system make clear decisions. They differentiate and make clear decisions, and that helps the whole system move forward together. And that's basically what Paul's helping the Philippians do here. You know, so there's hope for every system that's messed up or anxious is the call is for us to be mature and follow God, follow the way of Jesus and do what he's calling us to do. There is a way forward for every messed up thing. That's, that's the gospel. And what, you know, there is a, you can quote me on it. There is a way forward for every messed up thing. It, Jesus Christ and the life and the kingdom that he brings so good news is that God wants us to know His peace. And that's what Paul's talking about here to the Philippians. We're cli it's a climactic chapter because he's addressing things head on. Here's the, here's the main thing this morning. God's calling us to His overflowing love that is expressed in peace 
and results in unity and thanksgiving. That's what we want to see happening in our midst is a oneness that's whole and healthy where the, the anxious parts of our body are brought to peace and to wholeness and to health as the body of Christ. That's what Paul's going for with the Philippians. It's what we want to experience as well. So let's look at these three things. The first one, God wants us to express peace in relationships. Peace in relationships. So verse 1 is this, here we go. He says, therefore, because of all of this other stuff that he's been talking about, finding joy, walking in humility, not living by the flesh, but walking in the life that's in Jesus Christ, being focused on Him, having our citizenship in heaven. Therefore, brothers, I love you. I long for you. You're my joy and my crown. That's how you stand firm in the Lord. That's how you do this thing. So he's really encouraging them. And then think about how Philippians, when they got this letter, they wouldn't be breaking it down in four weeks like we did. They would sit down together and they didn't have like copies of it. Here, everybody take a copy, right? They'd gather the church together and then they would all read it. You know, they would, it would be read. So here's the big thing Paul's been kind of moving toward. We've talked about this each week, but he's now going to call names. I mean, they're all gathered there together and it's been leading up to this, leading up to this. And he says, and I plead with my dear sisters, you Odia, Sinski, y'all agree with each other. And I plead with those loyal yoke fellow. That's a person or persons who've labored with me. Help them get Clement to help you that are mature. Help these help these ladies get along with each other so that we can move forward and not stay in this place. That's working for peace. That's expressing peace. And not only does he say that, but then he goes on and says, and this is how you do it. This is how you work for peace in relationships. This is how you do repentance in a way that leads to health and wholeness in relationships. What do you do? You rejoice. You rejoice in the Lord. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Now, if you're going through a hard time, sometimes it's hard to hear that one. But know what I, because you don't feel like rejoicing. And so some of you guys right now, you're not going through a hard time. Then let's get it deep inside of us so that when we do go through a hard time, it's gonna, it's gonna happen. In fact, uh, you know, one of the, I, I loved, uh, one of our uh, college students was sharing in the discipleship school the other night. We were just kind of going over some of the things that have been a blessing this year. And one of the guys was saying, you know, one of the main things I've gotten is to realize that I've got to keep turning toward others in relationship and that relationships are how discipleship gets worked out and walked out in my life. Getting there, turning toward people. So rejoice in the Lord. That's a key piece. How do you do it? Rejoice. What else? Another piece is let your gentleness be evident to all. So if we're going to walk this out, then I can't be responding out of my anxiety, but I respond with gentleness. Uh, a lot, the way we say this a lot of times, because we know we're a system, we want to be a peaceful presence in the midst of the system. Just take a deep breath. You know, when you feel tension rising in a conflict situation, you feel the amygdala constricting and I'm losing my ability to think clearly right now. Take a deep breath. Let your gentleness be evident to all and acknowledge the Lord's presence. The Lord 
is near. Christ in me greets the Christ in you. He lives in us by His Holy Spirit. And that's a reality. It's not like God's far, the Lord's not far away in the midst of our conflicts, in the midst of our trials. He's not far away. He's right there with us. And so he even takes all of this a step further because think about it like this. I feel pain. I feel hurt when I'm going through a conflict. I don't want to do these things. I don't want to rejoice. I don't want to acknowledge the Lord's presence. I want to just, I want to be stirred up and, 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 but that's why we need this teaching. And so Paul goes on and you know what he says? He says, do what Jesus Christ told you to do. 101. It's pretty cool. 101. Do what, Je- do what Jesus Christ told you to do. Just basic, basic stuff. Don't worry. Do not be anxious. Do not be anxious. But in everything, pray. Pray about it. So don't be anxious. Pray. Offer thanksgiving to God. You know, so sometimes, and, and again, I'm saying this, I, I hope everybody's doing great, but even if you're not, internalize this. And if you're doing great, it's a great time. It's an even better time to internalize it so that you can do it when the pressure's on. That's what we want to do. We want to, that, that's our default so that when I'm like, I, I'm angry, I'm anxious, what, what's default? Just gravity should be thanksgiving. So just, you get in there wherever you pray, you know, the study or, or whatever bedroom or wherever you go to pray in, in, in the morning and spend time with Jesus and you prime the pump by starting to offer thanksgiving. Lord, I thank you for grace. Lord, this morning I thank you for your love. I mean, we can always thank Him for His love. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love. Lord, I thank You for Your love. I thank You for mercy. This, let this day, let me know this mercy today. God, I thank You for, for provision. I thank You for a house. I thank You for an apartment. I thank You for a car that works. I thank You. Just get it, get it going. Prime in the pump. You know, and for long, just what was... And, uh, and constricted, you know, starts to loosen up a bit. And you start to be able to breathe. So Jesus is really, you know, Paul's basically quoting Jesus. This is a good, this is what you do. Don't be anxious. Pray. Talk to God about it. Offer thanksgiving. It primes the pump. You know, make requests to God. So you ask about things. You pray about, you pray about it and not just worry about it. You actually talk to God about the situation. And then in that whole process, what happens is we learn to trust God. And that's the way He wants us to live. He really does want us bearing His image, being the way that He actually is. And what I'm, what I'm proclaiming to us from the letter to the Philippians, it's not esoteric, right? It's not just this foggy kind of thing out there somewhere, right? It's on the ground. I remember years ago, a couple decades ago, uh, uh, Brent Mitchell who was on staff here for 13 years, then went to plant the church in Honolulu and is now on staff at uh, Trinity Fellowship in Amarillo. But Brent came to me, a very prophetic guy, and had a word for me. But the word was a scripture. He said, Jamie, I just, I'm just burdened from the Lord. I feel like this is a word from the Lord for you. Philippians 4, 4 through 6. And I was like, I received it like a, not just like, hey, here's a, something for you to try on, see if it fits. But I received it as a word from the Lord. And so I began to meditate on it. I began to chew on that. And I memorized it. And there wasn't even a problem going on in my life at the time. I mean, like relationally. But 
a few months later, I got into this really difficult situation and that verse became life for me in how to walk this thing out, how to walk out a very difficult situation. Rejoice. Know, be gentle. Know the Lord's presence. Don't be anxious. Pray. Talk to the Lord about it. Offer thanksgiving. You know, it became like this promise for me in the midst of a very difficult situation. So, is there a place where you need this passage in your own life this morning? Some great advice, right? Or, I'll say it another way, is there someone in your life who might need this passage? I guarantee you, either you're going to need it or someone you know is going to need it. And I think that sounds like the truth. Right? It sounds like the truth. I was on the phone with a guy uh, on Friday, and we haven't seen each other in over a decade. And just kind of Jonathan David love relation. Just I, I just love this guy. And uh, but he's going through a terrible trial. And one of the things I'm literally working on this message, and it was just flowing out of me to pray over him and to bless him with the word of God for the difficult, difficult situation that he found himself in. So that's probably all of us. Now just think about, I need the, where do I need this for me? And where do I need this to help somebody else? That's great, right? So God's calling us to express peace in our relationships. Second piece, God's calling us to express peace in our hearts and minds because it's not just what we do out there with people, but it all starts what's happening in here and what's happening in here. That's, that's where it starts. And there's this incredible promise in verse 7. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Incredible promise. And the peace of God, which transcends. So this word here, the underlying word for transcends, is literally could be translated overwhelms. Could be translated overwhelms. Now, what caught my attention about that Yancey and I were talking the other day. What caught my attention was Graydon's stats on, on teens being overwhelmed every single week by pressures and anxiety and stress. So when we're being overwhelmed by pressures, stress, anxiety, what if instead we let the peace of God overwhelm us? That's what we want to see. We want to be overwhelmed by the peace of God. It's like a military term where... We, there's a, there's ground that's being taken, you know, so we're, one of the things we're supposed to do is um, to take our thoughts captive. It's the same basic idea where there's a, a, a battle going on and we want to be overwhelmed instead of our thinking, our mindsets, the way we normally process stuff and just run to anxiety. Instead, we want to walk in the peace of God that absolutely starts to control us, like being controlled, being, uh, well, what's the word? I'm just Instead of us figuring out ways of defending ourselves, letting the peace of God defend us. Much better defense mechanism, right? So that's what, that's what we want to do. We want to walk in that. I don't want to just go around doing my old strategies all the time for, for dealing with stuff. I want the peace of God being the thing that... that uh, is guarding my life. Now, I'll say this. If the goal is peace, it's out here, 
remember that there's a lot of things in the Christian life that there's a goal that's out there. There's a joy that we want to have. I want the joy of peace. But there's things that I walk through that are disciplines in my life in order to get there. So, so there's just practices that we do. Rejoicing, I need to rejoice. Uh, being gentle, that helps me to walk in it. Taking a deep breath, being gentle. Uh, praising God or acknowledging the Lord's presence. All of those things are steps along the way. Don't be anxious. Pray. Offer thanksgiving. All of those things lead ultimately to God's peace overwhelming us. You know, we're standing in the peace of God. And that's where Paul's going. It's really, really practical stuff. So he goes on even further in just the peace in our hearts and minds. He goes on and says this in verse 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, pure, lovely, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Now, that verse is great generalized. Just that's good, man. Make a magnet out of that. Put it on your refrigerator. That's a that's good. It's fine to use that verse just like that. But in this context, what's going on? You know, there's a, there's some relational difficulties going on. And so in that context, it's more like the person that I'm having a conflict with, Paul is exhorting us to think true thoughts. What are the, what's true about them? What's, what's actually noble about them? What is actually excellent or praiseworthy about this person that I'm having a conflict with? Well, you know, so you begin to think that way about the person. And you know what? There's, there's just almost always something true, noble, just, right, excellent, admirable, praiseworthy. You know, there's things like that in all of us. And you say, you don't know how this person hurt me. You don't know how this person wounded me. But yet, Paul is exhorting us to a way forward. Does that make sense? Think about how that would change your heart to be thinking excellent things about them. Remember the Brene Brown line, you know, uh, oh, what is it? Uh, just, yeah, everyone is just, everyone is, if we, when we get to a place where we realize everyone's trying to do the best they can with the tools they've got, that's a pretty big breakthrough. Instead of just looking at, you know, somebody and say, you know, this is messed up in them. And, but if I back up and go, you know, what if they're just trying to do the best they can and they've got some abuse or brokenness or woundedness from their own past and it's coming out like this? You know, then instead I can think better thoughts about them and not judge them so harshly. Yeah, help us. I mean, because that's exactly what God does for us in Jesus Christ. Um, you know, the, 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 uh, that conversation again the other day, I mean, there's there some hard, hard stuff that had happened in this brother's life. And, and he said, I just was I, was, I was so anxious and angry at one point. I just wanted to, I, I had bad thoughts. And I, I wanted that person to be hurt even. And, and then I, I was in the middle of all that and I felt like Jesus Christ spoke to me and said, look, I died for that for him, this other person. I, I died so that that could be forgiven. And I died for all the stuff that you've done too. 
I mean, like that, that's word from the Lord, right? That's, a, that's what Jesus has done. And we're to forgive as we've been forgiven. And Jesus died for it all. It's powerful. Powerful truth. And so, uh, when we're struggling sometimes, it's good to hear like, it's going to be okay. It's like a change of reference. You know, the frame of reference gets, gets changed and it helps us to think differently. Paul says, I'm in prison, but it's okay. You know, I'm humiliated, but it's okay. I'm struggling with the flesh, but I'm pressing, it's okay. I'm pressing on. The frame changes everything. I was, uh, there's an old book called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And it starts off with this story. The, the author is sitting on a train on a subway in New York City. And he, this guy gets on with his three kids, and the kids are going bonkers. They're just kind of running everywhere, and they're sitting on people. And, and just, uh, you know, just imagine, I don't know if they've messed with, messed with his hair, but, you know, they're just doing stuff that's bugging him. And he finally says, excuse me, sir. And the guy's just staring just down at the ground. He says, excuse me, sir. Could you, could you help out with your kids here a little bit? And the guy just kind of snaps out of it and looks at him. He says, oh, yeah, right, I'm sorry. We just came from the hospital where their mother died. You know, so it's like our frame of reference about other people is huge. I mean, it's a big deal for working through hard things. It's a big, big deal. And there's another practical piece about peace. <laughs> Uh, another practical thing about peace is that it's hard for us to hear God when we're anxious. When I'm worked up about something, it's like chances are I'm getting a whole lot more of me than I'm allowing the Lord to speak to me and through me. And so it's really important that we pull back, dial down, be a presence of, bring the presence of peace into our hearts and, uh, I don't know. You know, I think our, our, our minds and our hearts are like tanks that need to be filled up in order for us to interact appropriately with other people. Like, Lord, renew my mind today. Renew, fill my heart. This, my emotions are, just feel raw and empty. I need you to communicate your love to me. I, I need to be in your presence so that my heart can get filled up and I can not only experience your peace, but share your peace with others. All right? The, the last piece here is that... God wants us to express peace in our circumstances. And basically, this whole last section is just a big thank you from Paul. Thank you. I rejoice that you've renewed your concern. You always had it. And now there's another opportunity for it. And he, he kind of says, you know, I don't need it, but I need it, but I don't need it. And I'm glad you're participating. You know, he says, I have learned how to be content no matter what's going on. I've learned that. Have you... Anybody ever had a baby? Or guys that had a wife that had a baby? You know, you're holding the little baby, and the baby's not hasn't learned contentment yet in any and every circumstance, right? Hungry. What? Whatever, you know, the twos. No, we've achieved uh, independence, you know, at the, just all that stuff. Not learning mine. No, mine. Haven't learned to be content in any and every situation. We aren't born that way. That's what I'm trying to say. We learn this. And rather than asking, you know, rather than asking, uh, 
God, why is this happening? Why is this so difficult? Instead of doing that, let's kick into the things that we know to do. That we can walk out with rejoicing, with knowing God's presence, with offering thanks, with praying about the situation, rather than just saying, why is this happening? Why are they that way? All those different things like that. Put on the armor of God. When everything's done, stand. That's what we do. We, we, we live this out. Uh, in the first week, I mentioned a story from Rebecca, uh, a friend of ours, Rebecca McBride, and, and uh, how she was being uh, in a van going to prison for sharing the gospel in another country. And, and she said, I just felt like my whole world was being rattled. I was trying to stand on the rock of Jesus, but I felt like I was going to be blown off of the rock. And then God stepped into that with her and said, no, you're not just standing on the rock. I've got you all the way covered. You are in me. And these arrows that are coming at you, these darts that are coming at you, that I'm going to take them on your behalf. I'm going to cover you, is what the Lord was saying. So peace in our circumstances. And, uh, you know, an important part of what's going on in this last section here is that Paul has learned the, the, the cycle of grace. He's learned the cycle of love. And he's, he's encouraging the Philippians, hey, I want you guys to know this as well. It's when you give and someone receives and praise is offered up to God, you're in the love cycle. You're in the grace cycle. And so he goes on to them and says, and my God will meet all of your needs according to His glorious riches in Christ. I mean, that's not just, again, that's not just a, a refrigerator verse that that's, you kind of pull that out from what all's going on. They're giving sacrificially. That's resulting in someone else receiving. That's resulting in praise to God. And when you're in that cycle, great things happen. Great things happen in the church. Great things happen in families. Great things happen in our lives. Paul's like, I don't need it, but I need it. I don't need it, but I need it. God's going to take care of me. And you're participating, and it all results in praise to God. So that's what's happening there. In the end, experiencing the peace of God, it's about knowing the God of peace. Right? Experiencing the, 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 the life, it's about knowing, having intimacy with God, with Jesus. Who, and He's calling us into that kind of intimacy. And the more we draw closer and closer to God, and if we're all doing that together, the more we draw closer and closer to each other as well. And we get these opportunities from time to time to work through stuff. Stuff happens in life, and there's opportunities to work through stuff. But God is good. God is good. And that's our, it's being expressed in us, Paul's showing us the way here. This overflowing love, know it. Express it in joy. This overflowing love, know it. Express it in humility. This overflowing love, uh, express it in purpose. This overflowing love, express it in peace. And what it results in is unity. Unity, and it's what leads to thanksgiving and praise to God when brothers and sisters walk together in unity. And that's what he's been leading up to. That's where this thing lands here at the end, and it's a big old invitation for us to jump into the love cycle of giving, receiving, and offering thanks to God. And that's the way God is. He gives. And then there's receiving and praise that results in even more praise to God. All right? Y'all stand up. And ministry team, come on up. Worship team, come on up.
So in all the different situations that we find ourselves in this morning, college is finishing up a semester, some guys are graduating, we've got work things that are happening, different, situ- different stresses, different, different levels of anxiety. I want to just let this be a call today to maturity, to grow up, to walk in the ways of peace that Paul's been outlining to us by the Holy Spirit, to turn to Jesus, that there would be trust in our hearts. Is there a situation right now in your personal world where you need to trust God in order to bring peace into that situation? Or do you have a friend, somebody that needs to hear this? Is there some place where you need a breakthrough in knowing the peace of God or knowing being free from anxiety and that that pattern of thinking in our minds where we run to anxiety instead of running to God? Now, whatever the situation is, because it's different all around the room, but the truth is, all of us experience this kind of struggle from time to time. The Lord wants to bring breakthrough. That's why we pray for each other. Wonderful things can happen right now, but it's all gets down. It's about Jesus. Jesus is the Prince of Peace who wants to bring life to us and health to us. So, Lord, would you just let that happen today? In Jesus' mighty name, bring breakthrough all around this room. Bring breakthrough in the mighty, strong name of Jesus. Amen. So come, you guys, get prayer. If there's a situation you're going through, you want to experience His peace. You want a breakthrough about some part of life that's causing anxiety. Come and get prayer. And uh, we just want to see the breakthrough. Lord, do it in Jesus' mighty name. We turn our hearts to you, God, in Jesus' name.